This episode of Cut the Crap Podcast is brought to you by Sierra Sil Health. Now, Sierra Sil Health is a company with a vision to help 1 million or more people live healthier, more active lives. One way they're accomplishing that is with Joint Formula 14. Now, Sierra Sil is the active ingredient in Joint Formula 14, and it helps support cartilage and joint function associated with exercise and movement. And it supports gentle detoxification and removal of harmful bacteria and viruses, as well as heavy metals, pesticides, and other common chemical impurities. So you guys, I am very wary of any type of supplement, only because when I was putting myself through college, I worked at GNC. So I know there's a lot of crap out there. And so I'm always very careful of not only what I put into my body, but what I recommend to family and friends. So when I was having some joint pain in my knees, because I do a lot of high intensity interval training through hill training and different sparring sessions. So I have this persistent pain in my knees and I was trying a number of different um, products here and there, but nothing was really working. So I talked to some people at the health store and they told me about Sierra Sil. So I went online, looked at some clinical trials, which by the way, they all post on their website, which I really appreciated. So I gave it a try, and after two to three weeks, I felt very little pain in my knees, almost gone completely after two to three weeks. I started using it for a few more months. My pain went away completely. Now, I'm very wary, again, of making such grandiose claims, but it really worked for me. And because it worked for me, I made the suggestion, the recommendation to my mom and my dad and my sisters who also feel joint pain, especially my dad and his knees and his shoulder. So after four weeks, my dad, who had really bad pain in his knees, had no pain at all. So to me, I looked at that and I said, man, I'm willing to stand behind this product 100%. And so I contacted the CEO of the company, Michael Bentley, told him our story. And he says, Ryan, you know, your stories like this, we hear these all the time, which is why we do what we do. So I love this product. I love the company. I love the people in the company. So I'm honored to bring this forward to you guys. So I want you to take the Sierra Silt 14-day challenge today and see what a difference these anti-inflammatory minerals can do for your pain. They are so confident in their product that they're willing to offer a full refund if you're not entirely satisfied. So go to sierrasilt.com and order your joint formula today. That's Sierra Silt, S-I-E-R-R-A, SIL.com. That's SierraSil.com. Filler in business books and audiobooks takes up time that you don't have. You're here because you want the golden nuggets from each book without all the BS. The more you learn, the more power you have to affect the world around you. This is the Cut the Crap Podcast. Never read a book again. And here's your host, Ryan Calagiri. What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Cut the Crap Podcast, where I make sure you never have to read a business book again. Now, I'm really excited about today's episode, episode number 21, where we're focusing on the book Essentialism by Greg McEwen. Let me ask you a couple questions here. Have you ever found yourself struggling with information overload? Have you ever felt overworked and underutilized? Do you ever feel busy but not productive? If you answered yes to any of those, the way out is apparently becoming an essentialist. So what is essentialism? Essentialism is getting only the right things done. It's about ignoring what is non-essential and focusing on the things that matter the most for the results that you want to achieve. 
Now, essentialism, it's not a productivity system. It's not a life hack. It's just a lens to view actions through so that you can remove the actions that don't matter that much and spend more time on the actions that actually do matter a lot. So now that you have a very basic idea in terms of what you're getting yourself into here and what essentialism is about, the rest of this episode goes on to share with you a number of different philosophies, five different golden nuggets actually were taken away from this, that will help you become more of an essentialist and leverage some of the principles, the philosophies from essentialism. Now, I read this book because I want to learn how to accomplish more by doing less. Because I'm always so busy. I have so many different ideas in my head. Uh, Jim Collins, the author that wrote Good to Great, I did an episode on that a few episodes ago. He coined a term called undisciplined pursuit of more. And when you start feeling a level of success, you start to get more opportunities coming at you. And before you dreamed of having these opportunities come to you. But you need to be disciplined to say no to a lot of things that don't matter. And right now with this podcast, I have so many different things coming at me that interest me that I want to do, but I just can't do it because if I did, the quality of the podcast would diminish. Now, let me be very honest and very vulnerable with you guys for a second here. The reason I read this book was that it was timely. It was timely because I am overrun with so many different things that I want to do. I'm passionate about so many different activities that come my way. But the problem is if I try to focus on all those things, I go a mile wide and an inch deep. You need to go a mile deep and an inch wide. And so with this podcast, that's what I'm trying to do. So I had to eliminate a lot of the things that don't matter so I could focus on the things that do matter, which is the podcast, which is bringing high quality information to you, the listener. So what kind of problems did I run into? The mind maps. I know you guys are asking for them and I have not gotten them on the website yet. And why? Because I've been overrun with so many different things that actually don't matter all that much. What matters the most, number one, is developing this podcast so that you can listen to it every single week. And number two, it's the mind maps. You guys are downloading the mind maps. I mean, there's right now there's about 2,500 of you that have opted in to receive the mind maps every single week, which means that you're waiting for that value. And some of you have gotten onto this train a little bit later, so you want to see the older mind maps. Well, I haven't made those accessible to you yet. So I'm recording this episode on the weekend. Uh, you'll probably be listening to this. I'm launching it on Monday, so I'm doing it on Saturday and Sunday. And I'm going to get those mind maps up and running on the website for you so that when you hear this episode, they'll be up there for you all ready to download. Uh, so number one, my apologies for not being able to get those mind maps to you and um, uh, I'm just happy to get them up there now, though. Really happy about that. But enough of that tangent. Let's get right into this one because I'm really excited about essentialism because some of the philosophies from this book, again, I'm putting them into my own um, behavior so that I can get more done and focus on the things that matter most. So let's crack right into this one. Golden nugget number one. Don't start something if it's not a hell Yes. The premise here is that when evaluating choices, the answer should either be a resounding hell yes or no. There should be no middle ground. So in other words, if you're not truly excited or passionate about the opportunity in front of you, then you should refrain from committing any amount of time to it. This is the core of being an essentialist. It's a core of essentialism. If it doesn't ignite passion in you, don't do it. And this goes for anything that requires you to deviate from your core objectives. 
Now, I have to throw in a caveat here. You can't use this approach when your spouse asks you to clean the dishes or mow the lawn. You can't pull this essentialist card on them. You know, babe, I, I read this book and it said, um, it's not a hell yes, I shouldn't do it. So, you know, uh, this housework thing, I mean, yeesh. It's not really hell yes for me. So, yeah, have fun with it. Honestly, when it comes down to it, this principle should be applied to beginning particular projects or donating your time to a particular initiative that saying no is an option to. So, for example, a personal example, I'm asked to be a member of particular boards. I'm asked to attend certain functions, partner on conferences, speak at certain events, etc. So I have to say no to a lot of those things that aren't a hell yes for me so that I have more time for the things that are a hell yes. Now, when I sat back and thought about this for a little bit, I realized there really wasn't that much that I'm a hell yes about. So I said, man, I'm doing so many little things here and there, and none of them are a hell yes. So why am I doing them? So this is a big, big uh, change for me. I had a total, and this is something that I had to go ahead and I looked it on my list. I developed a list of 15 different things that I do that takes up a considerable amount of time. Out of those 15 things, there were only five that were a hell yes. So 10 of them, I've removed seven already. I'm in the process of removing three, but all of a sudden, it feels like I have a weight lifted off of my shoulders because now I look at my time and I say, I have more time for the things that excite me. This podcast obviously being one of them. And I don't have to worry about putting my time in different areas that don't matter as much to me. So I'm going to encourage you to do the exact same thing. Do an audit of your life. Do an audit of your time. What are the things that aren't a hell yes for you? And remember, we're talking about business here. So if you're running a business on your own, or if you're currently in a company, what are the things that you're doing that aren't necessarily a hell yes? You might be in a particular role and you're doing things that maybe you're not a big fan of. Have you thought about delegating those items? Can you delegate? I mean, in some cases you can't delegate. But in some cases, you also can delegate. But have you ever looked in that uh, direction before? Have you ever thought about that? It's definitely worth your time to consider it because it's all about time. That's what this book is about. It's about freeing up time. So do these three things. Take a step back and ask yourself, are you passionate about this activity? Number two, can you fully commit time to this activity? And number three, what will you have to give up to make time for this activity. Now that last question leads me to the next golden nugget where we're going to talk about trade-offs. But before I do, make sure that whatever you're doing, you guys, make sure that it's a hell yes. It has to be a hell yes. Don't spend time on things that don't matter to you, especially if you're doing something on your own and you have complete control over it. There's so many entrepreneurs out there that do as Jim Collins says, you get caught up in the undisciplined pursuit of more. You just want to take on more. Oh, this is cool. This is cool. I'll do this. No, stop it. Do only the things that are an absolute hell yes. And think critically for a second. Is it truly a hell yes? Or is it just something cool that you want to do? Only focus on those things that are a hell yes and free up time for those items and get rid of all the crap that maybe doesn't matter all that much in the end. Golden nugget number two. Learn to make trade-offs. By learning to do less means you have more time for the things that do matter. 
This requires you to make trade-offs between the many things that currently exist on your list. Like myself, for example. I said I had 15 things on my list. I had to make trade-offs with the things that don't matter, and I had to make more time for the things that do matter. And again, the filter that I put into effect there was the hell yes filter. Is it a hell yes or is it a no? There's no go-between. There's no gray areas here. It's either a hell yes. If it's not, then cut it away. You can't do it all, and the essentialist must learn that certain tasks will achieve your dreams. They'll achieve your desires, and others won't. Those that don't contribute, you got to let them go because they're taking up valuable time that you could be spending on building towards your dreams and desires. Now, this means in your life, let's just say you might want to get a debt or you might want to build a business. You might want to launch a new product or a new service offering. This means that you might have to make a trade-off in your personal life even. Your personal life is not off limits. Your personal life is a part of taking time away from achieving your dreams. And oftentimes your personal life is what gets in the way of you achieving some of those dreams. So you might have to cut out watching House of Cards, Game of Thrones, Narcos, going out for beer with your buddies, going out for wine with your girlfriends. You might have to cut some of those things out to make time to develop that business plan, to make time to test that new product, to make time to have more conversations, send out more emails, make more phone calls with prospects to get your product, your service in front of them. Remember, if your goal is, let's just say, to get out of debt or you want to become a millionaire or a billionaire, whatever your goal is, you have to make trade-offs with the things that are taking you away from achieving those things. And it's not easy. It's not easy, especially when it comes to the personal side of things. Because people say, ah, you know, I have to have a social life. I have to get out and enjoy myself. Well, if that's your argument that I'd argue with you, that maybe you're on the wrong path. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a social life. Let me tell you, I, I love going out with my friends, my family. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're not happy with where you're at, if you want to get more of life, you need to make important trade-offs. And sometimes your personal life is a trade-off that you need to make. Now let's crystallize this golden nugget a little bit about making trade-offs. Southwest Airlines, they're a great success story with this. They became wildly successful because they focused only on a core number of things that they could do very well. So instead of offering their customers a lot of choices like their competitors did, like uh, class seating, seat reservations, uh, in-flight meals, etc., Southwest instead focused their attention on one thing, getting people from point A to point B without any of the frills. This was their competitive advantage. As a result, their flights, they were cheaper, and people got to their destinations easily. And because of their essentialist approach... Southwest Airlines won in their marketplace. Now, it's interesting to also note that when Southwest Airlines was becoming very successful by focusing on this niche, their competitors also saw this and they said, you know, we can do this as well, too. We're going to borrow from Southwest Airlines and we're going to offer our customers the exact same thing. Easy. We're going to squish Southwest. What do you think happened, though? Southwest Airlines took the essentialist approach. Their competitors, they just added another thing to their to-do list. And so while it wasn't their core focus, they failed miserably. Their competitors, uh, Southwest Airlines competitors, that is, they failed miserably because they didn't focus. Instead, they just added another thing that they could offer. And because of that, it failed. And they failed at it. 
So Southwest Airlines continued to be successful with this approach because it was their core focus. The author sums up this point very well by telling us to stop asking the question, what do I have to give up? Don't ask that question anymore. Don't ask, what do I have to give up? And instead ask yourself, what do I want to go big on? It's not about giving things up. It's about moving big in one direction. One direction that makes you happy, a direction that makes you excited, something that ignites passion inside of you. What is that direction? What are those specific actions that you need to take to continue moving in that direction? And what are the things that are holding you back from moving all in in that direction? Once you identify that, cut out those things that don't matter. Those things are trade-offs. And sometimes you might have to take those away forever, for a short period of time. Whatever it is, you have to make trade-offs to continue your forward momentum to achieving your dreams, your goals, your desires. Golden nugget number three, embrace small wins on the road to victory. Essentialists know how to celebrate their small wins. The idea behind this golden nugget comes from sage advice such as a journey of a mile begins with a single step or to eat an elephant, do it one bite at a time. Now, the key behind getting small wins is all about building momentum. Continue to focus on achieving the small things every single day and celebrate their accomplishment. Because what this is going to do is it's going to help you realize progress and enjoyment in the process. Far too often, we have so much on the go and we never feel fulfilled because all we see is the big mound of unfinished tasks ahead of us. This hurts us in the long run because it starts to affect our mental state by weakening us. And as we convince ourselves every day that we're behind, it eventually starts to develop a belief that we're not good enough or we'll never catch up or we're running in place. This isn't just demotivating. It's also not empowering us to continue to push forward. I see this all the time. There's big projects or you have big goals in mind and you get so distracted by the amount of work that you forget about the opportunity. Let me repeat that. We oftentimes get distracted by the work and forget about the opportunity. That's a huge killer of success for so many entrepreneurs, for so many people that work inside of organizations that want to take on big tasks within them or big projects. Sometimes they get intimidated by how big it is and how much work is involved and they stop thinking about all the opportunity and the benefits it can provide to us, both personally, professionally. Now, this is why in last week's episode, episode number 20, Eat That Frog, this is why I said it's important to set up checklists because using checklists every single day will help you manage bite-sized pieces of bigger projects and by scratching them off at the end of the day, it's going to give you feelings of accomplishment, of progress, of pride. Those are important emotions that you have to feel on a daily basis if you want to continue moving forward with a lot of momentum. Those are much better feelings to have. Now, I think you'll agree with me that those are much better feelings to have than inadequacy and feeling behind all the time. Now, finding enjoyment in the journey, I think for the most part, we all understand that, right? We all get that. Yeah, we have to enjoy the journey and, and it's not just about the destination. Very true. It's very easy to understand that. But do you actually live that? I started to really understand this because a mentor of mine always told me to find pleasure, find enjoyment, find fulfillment in the journey and not just the destination. 
when he gave me that advice, I started to celebrate small wins. And at first, I was just doing it based off his suggestion. But uh, shortly after I started doing that, I understood what he meant by enjoying the journey. So then I applied this same type of philosophy to my personal life. My personal life, so I would go to the gym and I would take enjoyment in smaller gains that I would make. You know, uh, oh wow, you know, I could uh, do 15 chin ups and now I can do 20. I'm enjoying the journey. You know, on my journey to getting whatever it is, uh, 20 pounds heavier, six pack abs, thicker legs, whatever it is. So I use this approach, this philosophy in the gym. I use it with cleaning my house. So when I clean the house, it's, you know, the house is a little bit of a mess. And, uh, well, my mess is different from other people's mess. You know, I'm, uh, I like to keep things nice and clean. So I have a few things out of place. It's a mess, but I like to keep things clean. So I'll go from one room to another. So I take enjoyment in the fact that, Hey, one room's done. Perfect. Right off my list. I got another room to go. So I take enjoyment in that journey. Maybe it's a financial goal. And I take enjoyment in the fact that I can see my bank account going up every single month or every single year, whatever it is. I take enjoyment in the journey on the path to my chosen destination. You know, I can't stress this enough. It's so important to find enjoyment in the journey because it's going to ensure that you stay engaged throughout the journey. Far too often we get disengaged, we get bored, you know, we lose momentum, we lose motivation because all we're doing is focusing on the end point, right? We're at A and all we're doing is looking at Z. Well, we need to find enjoyment in going to B and going to C, going to D, going to E, all the way to Z. We have to find enjoyment in that. Now, this is something absolutely critical that we all have to adopt because it's something that we can all do to extract far more enjoyment out of the daily grind. Golden nugget number four. Now, this is a tough one to sell you on. I'm going to have a tough time selling you on this one, I think. Number four, make time for play. So McEwen defines play as anything we do for the joy of doing rather than as a means to an end. So we're playing because we want to, not because we are trying to get somewhere. We're trying to achieve something with playing. So the essentialist, they recognize that play is an important piece to generating inspiration for creativity and creativity that we use for coming up with new ideas for new products, services, campaigns, strategies. Now, you might be asking the question, all right, Ryan, how does play do this? Well, McEwen, the author, he gives us three ways that play does this. Number one, play helps us to develop new connections between ideas that we would have never otherwise considered. Two, play is an antidote to stress, which is one of the biggest factors in being unproductive and not being very creative. And three, Play helps us to prioritize and analyze tasks. Now, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm having a tough time with this one. I really am. I put this in, one in here because I think it's something to discuss. It's something to consider. I know that play has a time and a place, especially when it comes to innovation, when it comes to creating new products, new services, creating new connections. Play can be good sometimes because it gets people out of their comfort zone. But I'm not of the mindset that you have to incorporate play every single day or you have to make a, a note of incorporating play frequently in order to move ahead. I disagree with that. And unless somebody has a case study or examples for me where play keeps people creative, it keeps people active, you know, I think having a great workplace, an engaged workplace, and having people that you enjoy working with is good enough. 
I mean, when you enjoy working with the people that you're with and you are driven onto the same vision, you know, you guys are all working together towards the same vision. You're passionate about the vision. You're passionate about your role. You're passionate about what you're doing. You don't need play to drive you forward. I mean, that's just my opinion. I mean, maybe you need play in cultures where maybe people hate each other. Maybe the culture sucks. Maybe people aren't excited about what they do. But then play is just a short-term catalyst to get people excited. But then what happens when play goes away? The fire dies out. And then what? So as you can tell, I obviously struggle with this golden nugget from the book, the idea that play is an important mechanism in running a business and getting more things done. Now remember, we're talking about the book Essentialism, right? We're talking about getting more done and focusing our tasks. So by incorporating play, does that not distract us? So I had to do a little bit of research and I went online and found companies like Twitter, Pixar, and Google. They use play in the form of improv classes, comedy classes, uh, or decorating the office with a large dinosaur or thousands of Star Wars figurines. Now they did this not because it's cool and hip. They did this because to them they believed that a playful employee is an inspired and a productive employee. So again, it goes back to my point to say, well, if people aren't productive if they're not inspired and they need play to inspire them maybe you got the wrong people or maybe you just have the wrong vision or the wrong people in the wrong area of the company i think that if you have a company you should have people who are passionate about the direction that the company's moving in or passionate about their role or the projects they're working on and if they're not maybe find somebody who is passionate about that and put them in the position i'm not saying fire them but i'm saying delegate and maybe put somebody else in that area who is passionate about it I don't think you need play to be successful. And I don't think you need play to help you get more done. Remember, that's what this book is about. That's why we picked this up. That's why we're reading it. Because we're trying to focus our attentions to achieve our goals, our dreams, not to distract us. I feel play might distract us. What do you think? Let me know. I'd love to hear your thoughts, your opinions. Let me know with the hashtag on Twitter, cut the crap. I'd love to see what you guys think. Also, message me on LinkedIn. Send me an email if you want, ryan.calajuri at me.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the role of play in helping us get more done. Your final golden nugget. Golden nugget number five. Create a routine that sets you up for success. By creating routines around what is important in your daily life, you make them almost automatic. Now, in Essentialism, it features a lengthy story about Michael Phelps and his routine before each swim meet. Every minute of Phelps' pre-swim routine is planned and has been rehearsed for hours before he even dives into the pool. Now, I'll spare you all the exact details, but one of my favorite stories is that in one of the Olympic races, his goggles, they fogged up on the first lap and he couldn't see a damn thing. But he still went on to win the race because he knew at precisely which point to flip and knew exactly when to reach for the wall on his last 50 meters. The point being here is that he ingrained his routine so deeply in his subconscious that when it came time to race, it was automatic. He didn't have to think about it. The essentialist designs routines around what's going to get them to the best results of their life. For example, Tony Robbins. He's an individual who thrives off of his routines. He's very well known for his morning priming sessions where he starts his day taking a cold plunge into a tub full of cold water to awaken every single nerve in his body. 
Sure as hell kicks the crap out of a hot cup of coffee in the morning, I'd say. So then Tony, what he does next is he spends the next 10 minutes, just 10 minutes, accounting for things he's grateful for, and he meditates on them. This routine that he does every single morning, it sets himself up to start the day on point. He doesn't hope that his mind is ready. He demands that his mind is ready. And he developed a routine to ensure that. Now, I left this point for last because I love this idea of creating a routine. Really, how many routines do you have that are going to help you become more successful? Now, remember, we're reading essentialism here. And the whole purpose of this book is trying to get more things done that are important and cutting away the things that aren't important. So we create routines to ensure that we can get those things that are a hell yes, those things that are really important, creating routines to ensure that we get those things done more frequently and that we're on, we're ready, we're moving, we're motivated, we're accomplishing things, we're productive. So you might want to consider making yourself a routine if you don't have many routines. Here's one routine for you. Maybe you want to start your workday with a routine to create a checklist every morning to start your day. Maybe you create a routine to create content once every day between 4 and 4.30. You post it on social media between 4.30 and 5. And you just stick to that routine every single day. Or maybe you make a routine to learn something new every single week by tuning into Cut the Crap Podcast once a week for 30 minutes. Ah, cheap plug, I know, but it's a part of many people's routines. I've been told that. Many of you have emailed me or messaged me on social media and said, I am now a part of the routine and that they hear my voice every single Monday evening when they're at the gym or when they're driving home from work or when they're driving to work. I'm a part of your routine. And that's, well, number one, I'm honored by that. But number two, it's a great routine to have. Taking in knowledge every single week without question. It's a great routine. Now, very simply, having routines in place will ensure consistency. And you need consistency to get great at something, to achieve a desire or an objective that you have. If you're not consistent, you're going to have inconsistent results. Remember that. If you're not consistent, you'll have inconsistent results. I have seen this all my life, in my career and the careers of others, in my personal life and the personal life of others. If you're inconsistent with going to the gym, do you think you're going to get consistent results? No. If you're inconsistent with following up with the client, are you going to have consistent um, follow-up business? No. If you don't follow up with your prospects, are they going to follow up with you? No. Are you going to have consistency in your pipeline? No, of course not. Consistency comes as a result of routine. So develop routines and stick to them. You need to have the discipline to stick to those routines. That is a behavior of an essentialist. You want to get more things done? You need to have routines. Absolutely. You need a routine. So now I'm curious. What are your routines? I have a routine. A routine with this podcast. Every single week, I pick a book. I read the book. I make notes on the book. I record the podcast. I produce it. I launch it. I then go ahead and I pick a new, brand new book. My, that's my routine with the podcast. Of course, you know, I make the mind map as well, but I have a checklist of different things. And this is my routine. I must do this. I have a routine for waking up every single morning. I have a routine when I go to the gym. I have certain routines in place to make sure that I'm successful. So what are your routines? Let me know. Again, use the hashtag on Twitter, hashtag cut the crap. I'd love to see your, uh, your routines. Message me on LinkedIn. Throw me an email. I'd love to hear the kind of routines that you have in place to ensure your level of success. We'd love to hear that. 
And there we have it, my friends. That is Essentialism by Greg McEwen. What do you guys think of this one? Did you like it? Did you like the golden nuggets from Essentialism? Did you feel that maybe some of these things you can put into practice with your lives, with achieving your goals? Will you use any of these golden nuggets? Yes? No? What do you think? I'd love to hear your opinions. Now, I know in this episode, I've been asking you guys a lot for your opinions, and I'm going to continue doing that as the podcast progresses, because to me, the more I reach out to you guys and the more I ask you guys for your opinions, the more I get back from you, which is awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to email me. Everybody who emails me, I email back. Everybody who responds to me on social media or reaches out to me, I reach back out. To me, it's uh, it's an honor to have the opportunity to talk to you guys. So, um, you know, I appreciate everybody that reaches out. And the more I get to know about you, the better. So thank you so much for listening, you guys. This was a great episode. Uh, like I said, I'm going to take a lot of these things and apply them into my own life. I already have with cutting down my hell yes list is sort of what I have on my sticky note here. So, um, you know, I'd encourage you to take some of these golden nuggets away and apply them into your life to get more things done. Don't forget to go to CutTheCrapPodcast.com and sign up for your mind maps. If you haven't already done that, you'll get those mind maps every single week. And like I said, on the website, you can go ahead and you can download them once you sign up. So go to CutTheCrapPodcast.com and sign up for those summaries to each of the episodes. Also, don't forget to give some love to the newest sponsor of Cut The Crap Podcast, Sierra Sil Health. When you go and place an online order at sierrasilt.com, be sure to enter the coupon code CUTTHECRAP, all one word, and you'll get 15% off all your online orders. They're a great company. Like I said, I believe in them, and I want you guys to get to know them, like them, and trust them just like I do. So thank you so much to Sierra Sil Health for sponsoring this podcast and making this podcast possible. That's a wrap, you guys. Thank you so much again, guys, for tuning in this week. It means a lot to me that you do. I'll catch you guys back here next week with a brand new business book and brand new golden nuggets. Take it easy. I love you guys. I'm going to show you how great I am. Last night, I cut the light off in my bedroom, hit the switch, was in the bed before the room was dark. I'm going to show you how great I am. Only last week, I murdered a rock. Angela Stone hospitalize a brick. I'm so mean I make medicine sick. I'm gonna show you how great I am. I'm gonna show you how great I am. I have wrestled with an alligator. I done tussled with a whale. I done handcuffed lightning, throw thunder in jail. I'm gonna show you how great I am. All of you chumps are gonna bow when I whip him. All of you, I know you got him. I know you got him picked, but the man's in trouble. I'm gonna show you how great I am.